Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. basic Bible doctrine, foundational truths of the apostolic faith, amen, I think that uh, these are the very brick and mortar that we set the church on, or that the church is sat upon, let me put it that way, and I don't think we can visit these truths too, too often, I think that they need to be underlined again and again and again in our heart, you will not start too young developing an appetite for the word of God amen and, and I know that sometimes in our in the atmosphere of our of our Pentecostal worship and mode of worship that sometimes that can look like that's the emphasis and and that can appear to be our strength and, and our go-to but I will tell you, as much as I adore and appreciate praise and worship, I, uh, I know that none of that will matter if we do not have foundational truths to hold us. Amen. Because when the choir stops singing, you better have something to hold you in the storm. Amen. Amen. And so let's just pray and ask the Lord to touch us together. Amen. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you, and I... I'm asking you now to let your spirit and presence rest upon all of us, not because we deserve it, but Lord, we have come here tonight by faith and honor. Lord, not only of our schedule this evening as a body, but we are honoring your word and we're honoring your power and presence. And so I ask you today to just reach down and touch our hearts that are made of clay and our minds, Lord, that need to be seasoned for your word and strengthen us and help us, Lord, to the end we will be established and our lives will be rooted and grounded in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. And you, you can be seated. I, uh, I want to not only visit these truths for the sake of those that are present tonight, but I trust that this is a word that will be captured and that others we have no idea who from time to time may visit our website or whatever and and uh, I pray that when they get there they'll find something that can help them and that's uh, not in the delivery necessarily but just in the in the truth or the, the word that we're going to share I believe that God's word will keep us preserve us and it'll keep us in harmony with his will and uh, tonight I want to I want to speak about and the, the focus of my subject this evening is going to be the Word of God, the Word of God. Now, the Word of God is not just an old antiquated book that has no relevance for our day, but the Word of God is, is something that should become more and more precious to us. Yes, Amen. It's truths there. It's, it's not just a book of instruction, although there is instruction there. It's not just a book of encouragement, although there is encouragement to be found. But it is a book filled with principles that can set our heart and set our face like flint. Amen. I, I don't want to sound doom and gloom tonight, but I think that it's very apparent as we look around us, not just around the world scene, but even uh, certainly not denying that, but just even in our nation, I I think that we can all agree that that uh, if we don't get some grit in us, we're not going to be able to stand. Amen. And so we need to let the Spirit of God put something in us that can help us to stand. I don't want my opening comments to be have an overtone of apology. I I feel the 
the forthrightness of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Philippian church in chapter 3 and verse 1 when Paul said, It is not grievous for me to write these things again to you. It's not grievous for me to repeat myself, Paul said. As a matter of fact, he said, For you it is safe. The more I talk about this, the safer you'll be. And so I, I say that tonight. I just want to join hands with the Apostle Paul and tell you that the more I or any other man of God or, or voice of God, whether that's male or female, speaks these truths, the safer we'll all be. Amen. I want to, I want to mark the line and then mark it again and again and again and again. I want to make reference, these are just prefacing what I want to really get into, but I I found something interesting that was pointed out to me in the book of Deuteronomy 17 and 18. I like it when, when something gets highlighted in your life. Deuteronomy 17, 18, 19, and 20. The Lord was giving guidelines for a king of Israel, and so there's a lot of things that, uh, that you can read before this, but just for the sake of time and to maybe just stay in harmony with what we're speaking here this evening. The Lord said it shall be, speaking of a king of Israel, it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. He said, when he, when he sits down, he needs to take and write himself. Am I reading that correctly? He shall write him a copy of the law. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the word of this law and these statutes to do them. And so when he arise at the throne. This is not about having a name badge. This is not about having a crown or a cloak or a garment that differentiates you from anybody else, but here's some real responsibility. Get you a book and write the law and carry that with you everywhere you go and read it every day. Read it every day so that you can keep the law and these statutes and do them. In verse number 20, is interesting that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand nor to the left to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. What a sobering thought. Amen. Write it out, keep it with you, and read it every day. Now, what's my reward for doing this? If I, if I write it out and if I keep it with me every day and, and always and if I read it every day, what is the end result? What will that garner me? He said, you won't turn aside to the right hand or to the left and you in the end will prolong the days of your life in this kingdom and your children. You're gonna bless your entire family. Amen. Just by having something steadfast, steadfast in your life, God in these instructions, in my opinion, uh, I, I think it's very, very profound because he said if you get into the word of God or into the law in this, care, in this particular instance, he said you're gonna bring stability to you and to your family. I, I wonder just as, uh, just as food for thought tonight, I wonder what would have happened if Solomon had obeyed this. If he said you, you keep this, don't get lifted up above anybody else. You just keep in this day and night. And if you read the preceding verses, you'll know what I'm referring to here. But I, I, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just telling you that when we get into the law of God, when we get into the word of God, that word will establish our steps. It'll help us not turn to the left hand nor to the right, but just to plod our path. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God. And I want to I always find my hope and my Safety. I want to find refuge in the word of God. I love his word. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, I'm just going to refer to this, verses 1 through 12, the apostle Paul gave a stern warning against any man or even an angel that would communicate something other than the words of the apostles. The scripture uses the word accursed. That's pretty serious business, accursed. 
Amen. Verse number 20, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of, of Scripture is of any private interpretation. That's what Peter said. That, that does away with the idea that, uh, that we hear and see so prevalent in the hour that we live today. That attitude that says, well, you just believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe. You do your thing, and I'll do my thing, and we'll just all get together on the other side. I have a mandate upon my life tonight to teach otherwise, that you can't just have it your way. I can't just do whatever I want to do. I can't just find some private interpretation of the word of God and say, well, this fits me and my family and my philosophy. This, thing, this fits my way of thinking. And so I, I want to realize that the Bible itself was written by men as they were divinely moved on by the power and the presence of God. So we need to dismiss the idea that this is just some idea of a man or a group of men. But it is the Spirit of God who used mere mortal men as nothing more than just conduit to bring a central truth. That's why, that's why all of these different authors wrote the Bible, but you can find the connection between Genesis and Revelation and all the way through. Because it was the Spirit of God that divinely moved upon these men. And so I do not have the privilege or prerogative to, to uh, have a private interpretation. So uh, I, I think that the word of God confirms itself. Amen. Uh, le legitimate Bible doctrine can confirm itself. And I think it will confirm itself with specific authority and confirmation. I think there will be more than one reference to something, in other words. There will at least be two references somewhere else. There, therefore, we, we need two things to support or validate before we just go sliding out on some thin ice. To build a doctrine without specific scriptural authority, amen, is, is, or, or just by reading something into selected passages of scripture. Now, I, I know that for the most part, I'm preaching to people that are very spiritually mature, and so I can say this in, in, in and in stay in a safety zone tonight, but I've heard some pretty bizarre interpretations of things. And I don't mean that to be haughty or arrogant at all. Please don't take it that way. But I've, I've heard people take a passage of Scripture and just completely distort it to the end. You're just wondering how in the world could you get that out of that? Amen. So we, we can't just read something into a passage of Scripture or we can't avoid other passages or, or deny or, or build a doctrine on just one solitary passage. That's a very serious mistake. And so in this, uh, the next few weeks, ever how the Lord will allow this to unfold, I want to talk about several different things. We've visited all these before through the years, but I, I want to talk about the Word of God. How important is the word of God in our lives today? How relevant is it in our lives today? I want to talk about the testimony of the Lord. Who is Jesus? I want us to be able to define that. I want us to talk about repentance. I want us to talk about water baptism. I want us to talk about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the new birth. I want us to talk about sanctification, the process through which we allow the Spirit of God to wash us and cleanse us and help us grow in Him. We can't just stay spiritually immature. It doesn't matter how red hot your ex initial experience was with God. We've got to grow from there. Amen. I want to talk about miracles and healing and, and are they relevant for today? And I believe they all are. Pilate asked an all-important question that I think to many degrees still echoes throughout 2015, John 18 and 38, Pilate said unto the Lord, what is truth? What is truth? That's a res resonating question. What is truth? And so with so many different religious crusaders marching today, it's no wonder that people are yet asking that same question. And so we've got to have a total and complete confidence in the word of God. We must have confidence here or if we don't have confidence here, then everything else we would ever try to build cannot stand the test of time. What if you were to discover that in the morning that two and two no longer equals four? What a tragedy that would be to every aspect of our lives. It would not just affect those in kindergarten, of course. It would affect every 
conceivable aspect of our lives. And so I'm thankful for the fundamental things that we build our lives upon. I'm thankful for the word of God. John 5 and 39, the Bible says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. If I could just pause for just a minute and break this down. He said, search the scriptures. You think that just in all of that verbiage, it's there. You, you think that somehow just in all these words and the ink and parchment, that it's there. You've got all your faith and confidence in just that that you can roll up and put in your pocket. But he said, what you need to understand is that they are they which testify of me. Amen. So the word of God, God's word is true. His word is precious. And, and the truth of God's word is just woven all throughout scripture. Many cling sadly to traditions or doctrines of men uh, rather than opening their heart and their minds uh, every time they open the word of God. I want to be open to the spirit of God to challenge me, to direct my path. And in, in other words, if your mind is already made up, then God doesn't stand a chance to influence you, right? God is a gentleman, he's a gentle spirit. And so the Lord is not just gonna impose himself on you, but he will open himself, reveal himself. It's up to us and what we do after that and by way of response. God is not going to force himself on us. He will just reveal himself. And you know what? We have the privilege at that moment to open our eyes and embrace that or close our eyes and walk away. But that is a very dangerous thing to do because you cannot maintain a neutral, your life will never be the same. Amen. Your life will never be the same. Once God has revealed himself to us, we can't digress. We can't say, I didn't see that. I don't know that. I, I can't unsee that. I can't unhear that. And so we can never just go back to a neutral position. First John 4, 1, the Bible says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have, are gone out into the world. And so when the scripture talks about trying the spirit, you know this, it doesn't mean just taste the spirit and see if you like it. It doesn't mean just see if this fits, try it on for size. How does that fit? Does it slip on your heel? No, no, no. It means try it, test it. Test that. Put it to the test. You can, you can believe that. You can test that. You can pull on it. You can prod. You can poke. You can put it under weight and under burden. It will stand. The book of Revelation chapter two, verse two, the Bible says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. You gotta try that, you gotta test it, you gotta make sure it's gonna hold up. We gotta be able to try spirits, doctrines, beliefs, principles, that confront us every day. Amen. We live in a very spiritual hour. And I'm not implying there's never been uh, an hour that wasn't spiritual, but we're living in an hour of tremendous spiritual warfare. And I am what frightens me beyond the telling are those that just seem oblivious to the fact that we are fighting spiritual warfare even right now in this very moment. Amen, we must be able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong, what is real, what is counterfeit. Sometimes something is so obviously false that, uh, that most anyone could, could see the difference. Or perhaps there is such a resonant evil that is apparent. I'm gonna tell you that I have been in the presence of people and in various atmospheres that you can feel the palatable presence of evil. Yes. Yes. Amen. I will say that again for every doubter that may be in the house. I've been in the presence where you could feel almost a palatable presence of evil. And the resident evil, there is just an evil in a person or evil in a, uh, in, in a, in a setting. And so uh, sometimes things are very obvious. They're very, uh, very false. It's so out of, out of kilter that anybody can pick on that or pick up on that. Or maybe something is so evil until it just resonates or drips with evil. But there are instances where it's not quite that prevalent. And that's why we need a trained eye 
or a trained spirit that can detect something that just doesn't quite ring true. Amen. That's why we've got to develop a love for truth. Truth. Amen. Let the word of God be true. Amen. If anything ought to excite us, if anything ought to move us, if anything ought to challenge us, it ought to be the truth of the word of God. Amen. It, it will be easy for you to evaluate or try the doctrines of men or a church using only the word of God. The word can determine whether what we're talking about is built on a firm, unshakable foundation of the Bible or whether it is just the shifting sands of the traditional uh, traditions of men. Sometimes scriptures are just, are just taken completely out of context. And, and uh, in those settings, again, sometimes that's a little easy to detect when somebody just takes something out over here and sets it over here. I mean, if we were to take one of these pews and put it out in the yard, it'd be pretty obvious it would be out of place. Or if we were to dig up one of the plants outside and bring it inside, it would be pretty obvious that it's out of place. But you see, the devil is very art skillful. Amen, he's an art artisan that knows how to just take enough truth, enough truth, and mix enough truth with just a little bit of false, and after a while, we're running down the wrong path. And that's why we've got to be very, very careful, very careful in this hour of spiritual warfare, amen, to realize the difference, to be able to smell that out, so to speak. I'm gonna tell you, there have been times I've almost felt odd. I've almost felt like the odd man out because you're just in an, uh, uh, in an atmosphere. I wish I could think of something as a true life illustration, but you're just in the atmosphere and something is not right. Something's not right. I don't mean to be a, a naysayer. I don't mean to be that one that's just trying to be one step out of tune with everybody else. I'm not wanting to be that guy. But there's just times that you know something is not right. Something is not right. I know that my wife and I have had conversations about that, various situations where we just say, you know what, just sadly, I think time is gonna reveal that something's not right there. Something is just not right. I remember my pastor many, many years ago, uh, there was a situation, a, a circumstance that he and I were both aware of and, and he told me one day later on or several weeks actually or months went by and, and he told me, he said, you know, I had a dream about that situation. And he said, and, and I, I give a lot of latitude when it comes to dreams, but uh, he said when I, in that dream, he said, I saw that situation like it was a, a rail car, a train rather. And he said it was just, it was just levitating above the tracks. It looked right. Everything looked right. It it looked like it was in order. It looked like it was in line. But when you got up close, it wasn't on the track. Amen. And it, you're going to have to stay on the track. I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. So eventually, if you're not on the track, it's going to run off. It's going to be an accident. But let me, let me just insert this right here. That just because something's wrong doesn't mean it will, it will implode in 15 minutes. <laughs> Some things may not implode in 15 years. Amen. But if it's wrong, it will come to naught. That's what the scripture says. And so we've got to be very sensitive to the word of God, the spirit of God, the presence of God, and allow the word to interpret itself. Amen. What it, it says to one, it says to all. I've got to tune in. I've got to tune in. A radio station, whatever that radio station may be, is not singing one song to you and playing another song to somebody else. <laughs> Whoever can tune into that at that identical hour, at that identical moment, that song will be playing. It's going to be playing one, one thing to everybody. And so God really doesn't need the assistance of man. I want you to understand what I'm saying this. I know that God chose the foolishness of preaching uh, to, to save us and to, to help us to be saved in the end. But God does, what I mean by this is God doesn't need me to hold up his word for his word to stand. And so whether I defend his word or not is, is not whether or not uh, the word is gonna be true. His word is true. Second Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. 
Second Peter 1 and 20 says, knowing this, that no prophecy, that no prophecy of the scripture is, is of any private interpretation. I mentioned that a moment ago. And so we, we, that destroys the idea that we can just do our own thing. Second Timothy 2 and 15, Paul said to Timothy, he said, you need to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know how to, to navigate our way through the word of God to teach someone. Now, I, I think that we certainly need to be able teachers of the word of God, but I will tell you this, that the word of God can reveal itself Amen, that's how accurate, that's how true the word of God to, to the hungry hearts. I'm not negating my responsibility as a teacher or any other one in this building that has the responsibility to be able to teach the word of God and lead others to that truth. Amen, I, I'm gonna tell you more than one time. Now, I've been in some pretty tough Bible studies. I'm not wanting you to think that, uh, leave the wrong impression here, but I've, I've lost count of how many Bible studies that I've been teaching that before I could even say it, God's word was just opening their eyes and their heart. Why? Not because I was so shrewd or not because that I've got, I'm so savvy, but it's because it's the word of God. <laughs> it doesn't need me to support it. It doesn't need me to validate it. I don't have to place my hand of approval on it for it to be approved. In the book of Acts, a man by the name of Apollos did not have the full revelation of the gospel message, although he was a very polished Man, a very eloquent speaker. I want to read several verses here in Acts, so just follow along, if you will, on the screen. Acts 18 and 24, and a certain Jew named Apollos, named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He was eloquent in what he knew. He was eloquent in what he had. What he possessed, he was in possession of. Amen. And so I think that we need to be very, very conscientious of this passage of scripture because we shouldn't be rude and unkind and arrogant about somebody that is not walking in whole truth. Amen. I've, I've, I've heard this pretty brutally through the years. But I'm thankful for whatever somebody may know of the word of God. And so Apollos was a man that taught diligently. He gave everything that he had uh, to, to, but he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly, verse 26, in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, watch this, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. They didn't raise up in the middle of his message. They didn't stand up. They didn't throw rocks. They didn't say you're a heretic. They didn't call him all kinds of names. They didn't, are you with me now? Amen, the Bible says that they took him unto them and they expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into uh, Eucaia, the brethren wrote, uh, exhorting the apostles to receive him, whom when he was come helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews that publicly, that and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Amen, so here is a man who was converted. He was walking in as much truth as he knew. And so when we're wielding this, this Bible, remember this, the Bible, the word that Jesus referred to this as a sword. And so when you're wielding this sword, be careful where you flash that. Be careful how you use that. I remember one night, we hadn't been married very long and my wife was sitting on the platform after church and uh, we were all just kind of sitting around talking. And I pulled out my pocket knife. I carried a, uh, had a pocket knife. I carried, uh, and I pulled out my pocket knife for whatever reason. And so uh, she made some kind of comment about what, what, what you got this knife for. I don't know what, what kind of comment. I'm sure she was out of order. And so I, have, I had the, the knife open, and so I was just jokingly going, and I was just, she was sitting down. We were not close at all. And I was just going to point the knife at her, and when I went to point the knife at her, she put her hand out to stop the knife, and I stabbed her. 
So if you hear that I stab my wife, <laughs> it is true. And I stabbed her right in between her fingers. She's pointing to the scar. <laughs> you want to come up here and tell us, talk about it a little bit? <laughs> and it hit just, a, it just hit the right vessel at the right, and blood just started. It was just the most hideous thing. And I felt horrible, as you can tell. <laughs> I, 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 really, I really did feel horrible, and I thought... Here was just a, a moment of just, just tomfoolery. And if we're not careful, we can do just that much damage. I, I didn't mean to do that at all. I, I, there's nobody I love more than this, this human being. And now I've inflicted a wound in her. And, and you know where I'm going with this. The word of God, be careful. When you flash this word of God, I'll tell you right now, you better, we need to be very, very careful. I believe that we can be firm, we can be sure, we can be true, we can be confident, but we need to be very careful. And I like the approach of Aquila and Priscilla. They brought him unto them. I, I picture this in a private setting, an ethical manner to say, let me just show you something. And, and you know what? There's a lot to be said about the spirit of a Apollos and all this as well and then I'm sure that Apollos must have sort of garnered a little bit of a name for himself and, and maybe others knew about uh, the Apollos end time revival ministries and, <laughs> and so <laughs> and, and so here is, here is Aquila and Priscilla they're trying to get word out that when he gets here you need to realize this man has been converted he, he is and so they, they exhorted the disciples and he, when he gets here receive him is that alright <laughs> He's had an experience. I know what you've heard in the past, but he's had an experience. And the Bible says, whom when he has come helped them much, which he had believed through grace, for he mightily convinced the Jews. Here was a man that was a voice that was preaching the only message that he knew, but when he heard, when the eyes, when the spiritual eyes of Apollos were opened, the Bible says that he became a mighty voice convincing the Jews, and he said, and that publicly. He wasn't in a closet somewhere. He wasn't around behind the shade tree somewhere, but publicly showing through the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Isn't that incredible? When Aquila and Priscilla expounded the way into him, he received it. He received it, and I want to tell you tonight as I pause to say this, that there is the key, Apollos received. So there's the key. Aquila and Priscilla began to expound the word of God. I want to not spend too much time on this, but if we just play that frame by frame by frame, just one frame at a time, we can see that obviously there was a light coming on. And now Apollos had a decision to make. He had a decision to make, and he received that. We find this same man mentioned later in the scripture by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6 where Paul says, I have planted and Apollos watered. <laughs> so this was not a lost cause. This man appeared in scripture again. Amen. He had, one had planted the seed and Apollos come along and he had watered it. But we know the Bible says that God gave the increase. But my point is, is that long after this moment with Aquila and Priscilla, Apollos was still in the trenches. He was watering the word of God, the seed of God. Amen. I'm thankful for the word, aren't you? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Obviously, they needed a voice. God needed a voice, Aquila and Priscilla. But it was God's voice that was speaking through them and it was Apollos that received that. I want to quickly take you on a journey through some scriptures that I think are beneficial uh, to all that will listen. I, I don't have all of these on the screen, so just for the sake of time, I, I want to just highlight a few passages. The Bible says in John 17 and 17 that God's word is truth. John 1 and 1, God and his word are one and the same. John 1 and 14, that word became flesh. In John 14 and 6, the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In James 1 and 21 through 24, James proclaims that we must be not just a hearer of the word, but we've got to be a doer of the word. And so I appreciate everybody that shows up on Sunday or Wednesday to hear the word of God but I think, I think Brother Davis adequately conveyed this last Wednesday night when he said that what really matters is what we do in the morning. 
What really matters is what we're going to do Friday morning and Saturday morning and Monday morning and Tuesday morning. That, that's what really is going to matter. Follow along with me as I read the following passages from uh, the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Bible says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not a love for the truth that they might be saved. Now this is very, very frightening to me. Because you see, you can't see truth and then set it down. You can't hold truth for a little while and then set it aside. But you've got to love truth. With all that you have, you've got to love the truth because the lack of the love of truth puts us in a position to be in real trouble with God, real trouble. Because the, the Bible says, because they receive not a love of the truth that they might be saved. And then verse 11, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now I'm gonna tell you what I've experienced through the years. I've had people look at me and tell me God told me this. And you know what? They're right. Because if you don't want truth, the scripture said God would send strong delusion. Hell has nothing to do with this. God would send strong delusion. It's all right to be quiet. We need to let some things marinate in our spirit. So you play with truth and pick it up and set it down and let it ride for a little while and then put it out for a little while. Let it in your home for a little while. Set it outside your house for a little while. And the Bible says because you don't have a love for the truth, God would send strong delusion that you would believe a lie and be damned. I think that's very serious and very sobering. I feel the presence of God in my heart right now, I feel the, the, the I, I feel, I, I think I feel the, the sobriety of his spirit that would say, I need to love this with everything that I have. I need to preach it with all of, of my heart. Amen, we've got to love and embrace truth or God himself, the scripture said, would send strong delusion. And for this, this will cause us to believe a lie. That's what the scripture says and be damned or perish for not having loved or embraced the truth. And so that's why it's so important for us to try the spirits, whether they be of God. I need to know what's right and what's wrong. I need to know the genuine from a counterfeit. We need to be anchored and rooted and grounded in the word of God. You know, I'm, I'm thankful, and I, I, I don't want to refer to this to the point that uh, it seems like I'm... Uh, uh, underestimating or devaluing the, the power of uh, or the emphasis of our bread program. I'm thankful that we have a regimented Bible reading program that we present as a church every year. But let, let me just say that if we're not careful, that can be just as dangerous as it, as it can be beneficial. Because if you're just trying to blow through those scriptures to put a check in that box, then it's just an exercise in academics. We're just, trying to, we're just trying to get through something. We're just trying to get this. We need to pause and slow down and, and let that just be a guide. That passage of Scripture that we're reading, it ought to lead us to another passage of Scripture. It ought to give birth to some other thought in our heart. Is, is, am I making sense? The Word of God. Let's, we need to journey through His Word and love His Word. I don't want to, uh, I would say this from the vantage point of being a, a pastor. I don't want to just pick up the Word of God when I need to find a sermon. <laughs> I don't want to just be guilty of opening this only on Saturdays and Tuesdays just because I'm trying to get ready for the upcoming event. I, I, want, to, I want to let this word, I like what uh, I think Brother Bernard has said many, many times. I've heard him repeat this. He said that as a minister of the gospel, you need to preach out of your overflow. Yeah. I understand what he means. I think some of you may get that. Amen. Jesus gives a solemn warning concerning false prophets who will appear as sheep, but they're really wolves. They're really wolves in sheep's clothing. In almost every aspect of life, there's one thing that's true, that for everything that's real, there's always a counterfeit. 
And so people become more and more uh, honed in their ability to counterfeit things. And so credit card companies are having to go to the nth degree and, and, uh, and, and banks are, are having, and, and companies that print checks are having to go to the nth degree to try to, 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 uh, to make sure that it cannot be counterfeited. The, all kind of things because every time there's something genuine, somebody comes out with something that's not right. And so it, the, the, the differences may be minuscule and, and they may be undetectable to the naked eye or the untrained eye, but we've got to make sure that what we're doing is right. And so that's why, just one reason, just one reason why I guard this particular pulpit with every fiber of my soul. I don't want, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me if I don't want to offend you, but I don't want ever Tom, Dick, and Harry just standing behind this desk. I want to guard this. Amen, we've got to guard this because something might appear to be right. It may sound right, but if it's not right inside, something can be loosed in us. You say, well, you're sounding all hocus pocus. No, 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 we're in spiritual, in a spiritual warfare, in a spiritual battle. And so I say to every minister that's in this church, make sure your heart is right before you get behind this desk. Don't get up here to settle any score. Don't get up here to grind any ax. You take care of that somewhere else. This is a sacred place, a sacred desk. Amen, we want only the real thing coming from across this desk. Amen, so today many things are being taught and preached. They may look sound right. They may, to the unassuming heart, it all may be well. But if it's not the word of the apostles, the footprints of the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to make sure, make sure. So if a message or, or, or something doesn't harmonize with what is taught, then, it, then we need to understand it's built on sand and sand will shift. Matthew 7 and 14, the Bible says, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I apologize for not preaching on this more often. I owe you an apology. There's not fodder here before you today. Amen. I, I, I apologize for not preaching about this more often because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. That's what the Bible says. Amen, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. Broad is the way. Amen, but you find me somebody today that's going to hell. Find them if you can. Amen, find me somebody that's not right with God. Find them if you can. Oh, Lord, there's a delusion in the minds of men that everything is right. All is well. And I say, oh, God, help us in this hour. Amen, I am no one's judge. I'm not trying to say that at all, but I'm gonna tell you that the path to righteousness is a straight path. It's a narrow path path and I'm going to have to love his word in order to find that I'm going to have to love that more than anything else said the way to destruction in verse 13 is wide many 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 there be that go thereat Paul further warned Timothy about what was destined to come and how to prepare for it and so here is here is what here's what Paul said to Timothy he said preach the word Timothy First, second Timothy, rather, four and two. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I may have told this before. It just crossed my mind again, so I'll share it with you. I remember a, a minister preaching a conference not all that long ago, and uh, <clears throat> I was there, actually, when he preached it. I was, I was uh, listening to it again just a few days ago and was kind of reminded of the little humorous side of this, I guess. But this man obviously was preaching his conference. He was a pastor, and uh, he was really going through some difficult and tough times. And so he called Brother T.F. Tenney, and he said, I just, I just got to you know, kind of pour my heart out. He said, I'm, I'm going through this, and I don't really know what to do. He said he was pouring out all of his problems and his peril. Brother Tenney just interrupted him and said, Preach! <laughs> He said, yeah, but you don't understand, Brother Tenney. He said, I'm going, he said, preach. He said, but I'm just going through that. He said, preach. And he said about four or five times, he just kept saying, preach, preach, preach. Brother Tenney wasn't trying to be unkind, but Brother Tenney was really quoting what Paul said to Timothy. Hey, man, what, what are you, how are you going to stand in these difficult times? Preach, just preach the word of God. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine. We need the word of God to be poured into our heart. Hey, man, how are you going to fix some situations? I'm going to tell you, I don't have enough ability to fix some situations, so all I know to do is get behind this desk 
and just preach the word of God. How to fix this family, I don't know. How to fix that situation, I don't know. How to change the dynamics of the, I don't know. So the only thing I know to do is walk from that chair and make this short journey over here and open this book and just preach the word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You didn't come here tonight so that I could tell you that I've had a bad day. You didn't come here tonight so you could hear me say, I just don't have it all together and so let's just all go home. Let's just call it a night. Let's just all come back Sunday. No, no, no. I'm gonna just break open the word of God and I'm gonna say, Lord, touch my heart. Lord, touch my spirit. Lord, touch my mind. Hallelujah. Let me have a love for the word of God. A love for the word of God. Hallelujah. Here, here is why Paul said to Timothy to preach. Here is why it was so important to preach. He said, because there's coming a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heat themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned into fables. So every time you get a chance, preach. Preach, 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 preach. Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Thank you for the word. I've heard the word preached fast. I've heard it taught slow. I've heard it shared very demonstratively, and I've heard it shared very monotone. But it doesn't really matter how it comes out what really matters is what I do with it I'm going to pull it into my heart pull it into my life I'm, I'm finding myself thinking of stories and I'm not trying to see if I can keep you here all night but I shared before many times but I was just very young in the ministry and there was a conference going on and my cousin and I it was our day off and we were really having to push and I, not to get into the details but we really, really, really had to push just to be there and we were late and we knew we'd be late. We finally get there and when we get there there was an old man and I say that respectfully but there was an old man who we found out was going to be the Bible teacher and we were so dejected. I mean, after all this effort and energy we wanted to hear a fireball. I've never gotten through repenting for that because I didn't know that old man was J.L. Pipkin. I'd never met him until that day. I'd never heard his name, I don't guess, until that day. But I have never forgotten. After all of these years, I've never forgotten what that man who was bowed and stooped with age stood behind that desk and began to share break off pieces of himself and plant it in our heart. And I'm going to tell you, amen, I've heard some fireballs through the years I've probably forgotten. But I haven't forgotten what he said that day. The word, the word, the word. Matthew 16 and 18, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven notice he didn't say that the gates of hell would not attack would not fight would not struggle against the church he just said it's not going to win also notice that he gave Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven Peter was told whatever you bind will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so in, in order for us to build our house upon this rock of truth that Brother Rayleigh shared with us some time back about that truth, we've got to build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And so God's word became their word. And so that's why I say the apostles' doctrine. That word became their doctrine and that their doctrine became the gospel. It's just that simple. Acts 8 and 4, therefore they were scattered abroad this was after great persecution and the church was scattered and what they, when they scattered, they didn't run and hide in foxholes and they didn't bury their Bibles in tents, but the Bible says they scattered, they scattered and went everywhere preaching, preaching. I started a book this morning about 
the history of uh, the church and, and, and I just begin to think about as I begin the opening chapters of this book about those men and women who gave so much of themselves to just preach, to just preach the gospel. It was a lot more difficult in that day just to even travel from place to place. And so the logistics of everything became much more difficult. But they just went about preaching. And you know why we are here tonight? Because somebody preached the word of God. And something about that word resonated in our heart and we got a hold of it. We got a hold of it. Amen. Listen to the words of John. The Bible says, 1 John 4 and 6, the apostles are of God. He that is of God heareth them. And so we got to remember that that the apostles were not just some random band of renegades. These were hand-picked men, apostles of God. And he that is of God will hear them. That's what the scripture says. And so we need to hear them. We also need to tie with that, and, and if our musicians will come, we need to tie with that the words of James who said not only to hear the word, but we must obey them, we must do them. And so the word has got to be put into practice in our daily lives. And so one of, one of the reasons for such deception today is the way the word of God is mishandled. I, I, I pause because I don't want to sound arrogant. I was listening to a preacher the other day on the radio and I just had to stop what I was doing. And I thought, how in the world can you, can you have a Bible in your hand and believe what you just said? I realize the position that statement just put me in. I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant at all. But oh God, help us. Help us rightly divide. That's why you need to bring your Bible to church. I'm thankful we have all this. This helps us. But you need to bring your Bible to church. You got a question about something, you need to underline that and go home and study it out. Amen. Because you see, some some truth, without whole truth, some truth can be just as dangerous as false truth or, or false doctrine. I've used an illustration a lot teaching and talking about this. If I told someone who wanted to drive from Naples, Florida to Los Angeles, California to get on 75 and go north, I'm, I'm right. But if that's all I tell them, they're going to wind up in Michigan. Because at some point you need more instructions. At some point you're going to come to an intersection and you've got a decision to make. But I haven't been wrong in my initial instructions, but if I don't tell the whole truth and say, when you get to Interstate 10, that's where you need to turn and go west and just follow it till it stops. If I only give part and don't give it all, then I have been very, very misleading. And so people need the truth and they need the truth in its entirety because we're trying to make heaven our home. Something may sound good, it may sound warm and fuzzy, but we need the truth. And sometimes the truth is presented as a very narrow gate. But I need to be willing to walk through that narrow gate. You know, I know that it's not popular for us to even think about this, but we need to remember that Jesus nor his apostles nor their message was popular. And we're in this age and this mindset of such acceptance. We want to be accepted everywhere we go. And I, I, in my human flesh, understand that. But I want to tell you that as long as you believe this word is the absolute truth, that's going to be a dividing line. And when you walk into a room, whether you see it or not, well, there's a line. There's a line. There's a line. 
And so when you hear things like, well, it really doesn't matter what you believe just as long as you're sincere, it's a very dangerous mindset. It does matter. When you hear people say, well, the apostles' doctrine, that doesn't apply for us today. Oh, help us. When, when people say all we have to do is just believe. I know what the scripture says. But that's like saying all you have to do to become a husband or a wife is just say I do. That is two important words in the equation. But that's just going to be the launching pad. You do have to believe. But when you walk away from that moment of belief, then we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to follow that up with some works. We're not saved by works. I'm not living, as I've said often, a life of holiness and separation to get saved or to even stay saved. But I'm living this way because I am saved. Amen. Our walk are to give us away. Our talk are to give us away. Our, our body language, everything about us are to give us away. Amen. I want to tell you, if you're out there cussing like a cat on Tuesday, and then come here and raise your hands and act like everything's all right on Wednesday, there is a real conflict. And whether people ever confront you with it or not, they know you're a fake. They know the difference. They know the difference. I know we don't like the idea of being under a microscope, but we're there. When you hit your hand with a hammer, they're listening. <laughs> when your world goes wrong, they're watching. They're watching. They're watching. I'm done. I, I've shared... Um, about working my, my last public job, I cannot, I w- there's no way to exaggerate the, the uh, I don't even know the right word. But I work with a man that would just, my wife knows, I, I come home some days almost crying, almost a grown man crying. He would get my face on Monday mornings and just this far away from me and he'd say, la, 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 la. Is that what you did yesterday? He'd get out now and this all in front of all the guys that were, this how, is this what you did yesterday? I couldn't believe, not for my sake. I just couldn't believe God didn't strike him dead. Relentless, 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 relentless. Day after day. I dreaded clocking in. I dreaded seeing him. On my last day, when we were getting ready to to leave on the field to evangelize, a lady who worked in the office who I really had no interaction with whatsoever, she come walking out to say goodbye, and she just said, I want you to know I've been watching you all this time. I've watched how you've handled that. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, I had weak days. I had moments. I had moments I wish God would have killed him. I didn't mean to shock you with that. With just days, I would think for sure God is going to love me enough just to leave him as a greasy spot on this piece of concrete. But you see, God loved him more. Loved him more. I have no idea where that man is today. My point is this. Somebody was watching. Somebody was watching. So if I would have gotten down and got dirty with him, I'd have never had that conversation. She would have never had that conversation with me. And so we got to be very, very careful that we just stand upon this word. I've taken too much time to let's stand Amen. God, I love you today, and I thank you for the truth. I thank you for the truth, and I ask you, Lord, to help me to weave it into every part of my life, not just what's convenient on Wednesday, not just what's convenient on Sunday, but I pray, Lord, that your word will guide my conversations every day. Let it guide my train of thought every day. 
Let it stand as a guard. Let it stand at the gate of my life. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just help me to become the gatekeeper, your spirit to be the gatekeeper. Lord, that I would be able to live for you and raise holy hands and praise you with lips that are clean and pure, Lord, not tainted with this world and the things of this world. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.